This is Shine On, the Health and Happiness Show, and Ella's Leash Production. Heard as a podcast around the world, but heard first on radio stations 100.7 WHUD-FM and 920-1260 and 1420-AM, all in New York's Hudson Valley. Shine On, bringing you healers and dreamers and people who want to make life richer. It's your time to shine on. Hi, it's Casey. Thank you so much for tuning in to Shine On. Our guest today is Dr. Catherine with a C, Athens, A-T-H-A-N-S, Ph.D. She's written many books, including The Heart Brain. And our topic today is how kindness is good for you. Let's tell that to all the drivers out on the road who obviously lost their minds during pandemic lockdown. There's no more patience. People are driving like they're out of their minds. They think they're on the on the speedway, running in and out of cars. I know that here in the Silicon Valley, people who have Teslas think they're saving the world, so move over. <laughs> right. Let them pass, you know. Oh my gosh, it's so true. So what is it that we, we're making up for lost time or what what is this response what makes us want to do that it's some form of returning control of our lives to us feeling like we have some sort of control some sort of ability to affect our lives we can go fast in the car I mean, it doesn't make any sense, but right. on another level, people feel that they lost control of their lives, that their lives haven't gotten back to normal yet, that there's a sense that they'll never go back to normal, and there's a real kind of underlying anger in people about that. And you say kindness is actually good for our health. Right. We've forgotten what kindness is. We don't want to be kind. We see that as weak, but indeed it isn't because it's a really good, healthy way to live. When we're kind, our hearts are in harmony, and our hearts basically are the organ that gathers all the information from the other organs and sends that information up to our brains so that we can know if there's something wrong. And so this disharmonious attitude has thrown our hearts and our minds off balance, and we don't understand that that's not good. That raises our blood pressure, our blood sugar, creates plaque in our arteries, doesn't allow our cognitive brain to know what's going on in the body, and then that kind of behavior starts inflammation in the body. And if we have unbridled inflammation, it leads to things like cancer and other serious connective diseases. The heart gathers all the information from all the other organs and sends it to our brain. So if our heart isn't in a state of kindness, that can affect everything. Explain to me this heart-brain connection. Well, you know, the heart basically was the first organ when we were little. Remember, the doctor says, do you want to hear the heartbeat? Right. And all the other organs came from the heart. So in the heart, there is also some brain material. And in the heart, in case we have overused our adrenal glands, which adrenal fatigue is a new disease of our society, then our hearts get tapped 
to secrete these hormones into the bloodstream. However, if the heart is overused, then the heart can have heart failure, heart attacks. People don't understand that balanced hormones, we need hormones in order to think. A balanced hormonal system allows us to think in a balanced way. So our whole thinking ability has been thrown off, and there's more of a sense of fighting and anger because these adrenal glands are pumping like crazy adrenaline through the body, which basically turns off our cognitive processes and starts our fight or flight. So when we're stressed out, we're not thinking right. Not at all. Not at all. And things come out of our mouth. You know, I I tell my clients, practice the duct tape therapy. Stick a big piece of tape on there and don't say anything. Stop talking. Words hurt. And words can't be taken back. It's not sticks and stones. It's words. You know, 20, 30 years later, people will remember those harsh words. So be very careful what you say. And my preference is say nothing until about 48 hours later when you've had a chance to sleep and let the cognitive brain think, oh, wait a moment, that isn't really what I want to say. It's not what I mean to say. And then speak. Speak from a sense of, of oneness with your heart and your gut. Yeah, it may take a little time to get there. My husband is a hockey coach, and I know, I think it's USA Hockey has a rule that says to parents and uh, kids and coaches, if you're not happy with what happened on the ice, you have the 24-hour rule. We're not going to talk about it for 24 hours. So the coaches, the the parents can't attack the coaches. The parents can't yell at the kids. You know, no one can have a conversation until 24 hours after the game. I think that makes good sense, don't you? Oh, it's an excellent rule. I've never heard of that, but what a great rule. Yeah, you know, people want to mouth off. And I don't know why there's some sort of entitlement. I get to say all these horrible things, and then people don't treat them well. I have clients that go, oh, you know, people aren't nice to me. I said, no, no, you aren't nice to people. Let's talk about what you've been doing in the last two or three days. And then they see, oh, I did this, I said this. I said, how do you expect to have harmony in your life when you're so critical and you say derogatory things. When a client comes to you and says, people aren't nice to me, how do you know they started the fire, so to speak? Basically, because if you're nice to people, people will be nice to you. I, I tell my clients, send love to people. People aren't loved enough. Just start sending love and see what happens. And generally what happens is people respond with love. If someone is having a bad day and they're really in a horrible mood, stay away from them. Let them have their horrible mood by themselves. There's nothing you can do because they're out of their minds at the time. And you want to stay away from people like that. You want to give them plenty of space to work out their tantrum and then eventually come back to their senses. And then talk about it as you talked about the 24-hour rule to really take a moment away and then understand 
sometimes people have these moments, but don't get in the middle of it. And a lot of times I have busybody clients who want to tell these people how wrong they are. Right. In the middle of their tantrum, I say, well, you're lucky the person didn't hit you because they're out of their mind and it's none of your business. Yes. Yes. Dr. Catherine Athens is our guest. She holds doctorate degrees in both clinical and health psychology. And do you hear what she's telling you? She's telling you to be nice because it's good for your health. You know what I've learned recently? I work with a a person who's not nice and generally has awful foul moods and is miserable. And now it just doesn't bother me anymore. Wonderful. It took a really long time, Dr. Catherine. I mean, a really long time. But now I'm like, this isn't personal. This It's nothing personal. No, it has nothing to do with me. This person is miserable. They're in misery. I don't need to fix it. I don't need to change it. I don't need to even acknowledge it. I just let it be. That's it. Exactly. Good for you. Let it be. Be nice who you are. Consistent, good behavior. And don't be involved in that person's bad behavior because what I tell the clients also is now you've taken on the karma of that person and you don't even know what it is uh, because you you decided to get in the middle of something that isn't any of your problem. So get out of it, get out of it, bless it, and figure out what's going on with you. There's plenty to do right here at home. (laughs) Plenty of work to do on ourselves. I'm not used to someone with a double doctorate and a master's degree in clinical community psychology using karma as part of their vernacular. So tell me how I get involved with someone else's karma when when I talk to the nasty bully. Well, God knows what kind of history these people have and what are their lessons in life. Okay? We don't know. But when you start getting in the middle of it, you start taking on their lessons. They're not your lessons, you see. And then you don't know how to fix it because they're not yours. And that creates all kinds of uh, imbalance and frustration. and, And, you know, what do I do? What you do is you bow out. And you say, okay, I'm letting this person have their moment. I'm, letting, I'm giving back anything that I took from them. And I'm going to work on myself. Right. You know, there's enough work to do on the self without getting involved in other people's stuff. What could I have taken from someone? You could have taken their anger, their frustration, oh. and not know that that's not your anger. Oh, Oh, so we may find ourselves out of sorts and off balance because we've gotten involved in someone else's schmutz. Which That's I, right. I realize is not a technical term. Well, wow. it is, you know, schmutz, yeah. We've gotten involved in that. Get out of it. Stop it. There's far too much wanting to know what the other person is doing. Uh, one of my clients says, put your eyes on your own paper. I love yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, not enough of that going on. And uh, obviously, it's avoidance on our part. Well, I don't want to deal with me, so now I'm going to try to fix you. Right. If that isn't the height of arrogance, we don't even know what's going on with the other person, but, oh, boy, we're going to get in there and fix them. Now, if that doesn't elicit an anger response from the other person, 
<laughs> and then you think, well, they got really angry with me. Well, of course they did. Yeah. You're messing around in their backyard, and they didn't invite you. Right. What about people we really, really care about, though? How do we help them? Well, we become ourselves. We are loving and kind. We say kind words. We do kind acts. You know, if someone's in trouble and unhappy, maybe we go get them some nice chicken noodle soup, you know? Yeah. Maybe we go get them some nice nice smelling lotion, you know, where they can feel calmer. We are there if we're authentic, lay us and say, you know, I'm here for you and send them love. Just feel love coming from you to them and let them do what they need to do to straighten themselves out. Now, of course, we're not talking about little children because we need to monitor kids and not let them get into any kind of situation that will harm them. But we're talking about adults and even teenagers. I used to deal with a lot of teenagers. I was a teenage expert in the Valley here for many years. Parents would come, fix my kid. Okay. So I'd take the kid. We'd go on a walk, go to the park, have a Coke. I said, so what's going on with you? And they go, use a bunch of profanity, (laughs) and which I would use a bunch of profanity. And they go, well, you can't talk like that. And I'd use some more. And they go, I said, what are you talking about? What, you mean I can't talk like you do? And then they go, oh. I said, I'll tell you what, if you stop talking like that, I'll stop talking like that, because I know far more words that are profane than you do. (laughs) (laughs) And then when you're real, they go, oh, they can trust you. Right. They can trust you. When kids trust you, they'll tell you everything. The problem is parents stop talking to their kids and gave the kid a device instead. Here's a device to shut you up because I don't want to talk to you. I'm way too busy, which is a huge mistake because then... The kid will act out at some point. The parent will go, how did that happen? Well, this isn't uh, a mystery. (laughs) There's cause and effect here. I have never heard the phrase heart brain. Until I was reading about you, I never knew this was a thing. My colleague, Marie-France Louvel, and I wrote the book, The Heart Brain, and it's based on the work of Savant Friver, a French psychiatrist and scientist who began to realize that psychotropic drugs, those are drugs that are prescribed for mental issues, may not be the end-all and be-all. And he did research, as did uh, the Heart Math Institute that is here. It's in, uh, I believe it's in Boulder Creek in California, that the heart contains a real brain and that brain then recalls information and it sends it up to the up through the vagus nerve the longest nerve in the body up to the old brain which is the reptilian brain and it may stay there if the person is interested in knowing or then it goes up to a, a a little gland called the thalamus that decides can this person handle the information and then if it can then it 
allows the cognitive brain to know. So, you know, when people don't want to know, it creates that term we dislike, numb skull, because we've numbed ourselves down. So many people go, I don't want to know anything. I said, then why are you on earth? Because we've got to know everything. We've got to know what's going on. We've got to be familiar with our environment, with ourselves, in order to do what we wish to do in our hearts. What part of us says, no, I'm not going to deal with that? Well, it's a defense mechanism that somehow believes if I know something, I can't handle it, which is a lie. The truth is, if we know something, that's how we can start to handle it, and it requires work. Work is really a very spiritual activity, and we need to have a certain amount of work i.e. knowing ourselves, knowing our environment, giving back to society in some way in order to feel balanced. And part of the imbalance is that people have a wrong idea about work. Work comes from a desire of the heart to give something, to manifest something, uh, to study the violin, maybe to do public service work, to... Uh, maybe uh, to go into a better line of farming. Uh, these are, are parts of work that we need to explore, and we can only explore those if we really are willing to know what's in our heart and in our gut. We're talking to Dr. Catherine Athens. We're talking about the heart brain, which also uh, talks about how stress and anxiety can put us at an increased risk for disease. I think we need now to speak right to the people who spend their lives in a stress ball, spend their lives in critical um, uh, negativity. What, what can we say to these people? There's no reward in being right. People who are right, those are the people who are in a stress ball, are alone and have diseases, period. I practice with my husband, and I always tell him, honey, you're right. You're right about everything. What do I know? (laughs) (laughs) He looks at me and goes, oh, shut up. You know, well, why do we don't need to be right? We need to be healthy. We need to pursue happiness. Happiness can be learned, and it is a habit and a state of mind we can all achieve. So people who are in a stress ball have to be first, have this belief in the pie theory of economics. You know, I better get my piece because uh, there isn't enough. They have this uh, scarcity mentality when it isn't true. There is infinite amount. The universe is infinite. And so they have a wrong idea that creates all of this aberrant behavior. And people don't like people who are in a stress ball and who have to be right and have to have their fair share, you know, because everybody has a fair share if you want it. And we learn things in school that were absolutely wrong, that shaped the way we think, and we need to reshape the way we think because the truth is there's enough for everybody. And when you go into your heart and find what makes your heart happy to do, 
then things will open for you. Finances will open. Things will be very different. I had a book editor who told me she was quitting editing because she'd always wanted to have a sewing business, and she saved enough to buy a beautiful house with a lake in Virginia, and she was going there, and she was going to have an online sewing business, and she was going to live off the interest of the money she saved and enjoy her life. Did she? Is this what she did? She did that, and I talked to her a few times. She said, I couldn't be more happy. This this is what I've always wanted to do, but my parents wouldn't let me do it. They told me I couldn't make a living doing this. I had to be an English professor. I had to be this. I had to be that. And I spent, I guess she was 35, maybe a little older. She she said, I spent all those years being miserable. Right. Because it wasn't me, it wasn't what I wanted. And so I really asked people to go take a walk by themselves, sit under a tree, breathe, and ask themselves, what is it you really want or need? What makes you happy? And listen to yourself. We're too busy listening to the news and listening to other conversations. And when I tell people, listen to yourself, they go, what's that? How do you do that? And I say, you know, our education system is bereft of teaching us because when we know ourselves, like Socrates said, know thyself, he didn't just say, I always, in my book, I say it wasn't a casual acquaintance. He wanted you to know yourself so you could go in the present as a whole person and be where you are. There was a psychology book written a long time ago called Wherever You Go, There You Are. Yes. And they started talking about having integrity in your being, integrity, say what you do, do what you say, and that has been lost, and we need to come back to that, and then knowing the self. How much work does that take, knowing the self? Uh, depends. It doesn't take as much work as we think it does because the self is always saying, you know, I tell people, why don't you talk to your stomach? I said that in a Kiwanis Club meeting, and a man came up afterwards and said, uh, my stomach is always telling me I eat too much. <laughs> oh, listen to that then, right? Yeah, I said, well, you know, there's a message for everybody. The body is always trying to tell the mind what's going on, but we go, oh, I'm too busy. I have a meeting. I have all this work to do. You'll have to wait. Okay, what are some of the things the body's telling us? Uh, You're too stressed. You're not breathing. Don't eat that sweet roll because it will make you sick. Take some time to stretch. Relax your muscles. The body is saying, calm down and be, you know, be present. Don't be in the future. Future and past create anxiety. You can't be anything but happy if you're present. That's why little children are always happy, because they're always in the present. Dr. Catherine Athens, A-T-H-A-N-S-P-H-D dot com. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for tuning in to Shine On. I appreciate your company. 
For more, check out Casey.co, K-A-C-E-Y dot C-O. Our thought for the day comes from Dr. Catherine Athens, who said just moments ago, we don't need to be right. We need to be healthy. Shine on. You've been listening to Shine On, the health and happiness show for your entertainment only. Heard Sunday mornings on 100.7 WHUD and 920, 1260 and 1420 AM, all in New York's Hudson Valley. Subscribe to Shine On on iTunes and SoundCloud and catch a show anytime at Casey.co. That's K-A-C-E-Y dot C-O. Shine On.